0: It is October 22nd, and this is Nosebleeds as we get you ready for the fall classic alongside Jackson Heil, Jimmy Sullivan, Emmanuel Barbari. Guys, it's been a full LCS round since we had the opportunity to talk. So there is going to be an emphasis on that six game ALCS. The Yankees come up short. The Astros move on to the World Series, and the Nationals make easy work of your guys pick the Cardinals and move on to the you World really Series. You really got
1: emphasis on our
0: pick. Yes.
1: Thanks for the reminder, you man.
0: You are a terrible human being. Uh, I I'm just terrible. Yeah, I I really should be uh held accountable for these actions, but you know when you put a triple A lineup out there like the Cardinals, you're not going to hit. You're not going to hit. The, the Yankees lineup didn't do much better in the series. That's actually not true because they scored runs. They, they actually <laughs> Not like, enough runs though. They didn't score enough runs but they actually understood the concept of runs, which the Cardinals did not. So that's one thing the Yankees did that the Cardinals didn't. But we're not going to talk that much about the Cardinals because that was a clean sweep. The Nationals outclassed the Cardinals. Not sure why you guys picked them for the World Series.
1: Now, you You really <laughs> need to slow your roll here. Like, this, this is getting ridiculous. It's not ridiculous. Well, we're a minute into fair. the podcast. <laughs> you are just firing
0: shots.
2: Oh, uh, their lineup scored 13 against the Braves, and they didn't legitimately score a run in the NLCS until Game 4.
0: That's more a testament yeah, to the Braves. Braves probably. should be embarrassed. They should. They really they are should. a disgrace. They are.
1: Mike fulton giving up 10 runs in the first inning, along with Max Fried, too. Max Fried what walking Jack
2: Flaherty, the pitcher.
1: Yeah, that was my comment last time. That that was worse than
0: anything fulton did. But. Let's get to another team that didn't hit. That's the Yankees. The Astros oh, yes. take them in game six. And really an epic game six. We were robbed of a classic in that series, I think. Up until Game 6, a lot of people expected this back-and-forth affair, seven-game thriller. I think Game 6 was the first real classic of that series that's going to go down in the history books, where LeMahieu ties it in the ninth, Altuve the walk-off homer to send the Astros to the World Series. So Jimmy's prediction comes true. Astros in six, if I remember correctly.
2: Yeah, I I think that's what I had, if I'm not mistaken. I think you did have that.
0: So kudos to you. And the Astros simply, in all facets, I would say, outplayed the Yankees. Neither team played well. You look at the stat comparison, and it was pretty brutal. And I think the Yankees just played worse. (laughs) Yeah. The the Astros' bullpen pitched better than the Yankee bullpen, which we we highlighted as a key Mm -hmm. entering the series. Could the Astros' bullpen come to play an underrated unit? And that's what it did. Game six, you saw them basically out-bullpen the Yankees. Mm -hmm. And the Astros' starting rotation, we knew heading in, was the strength. It was better than the Yankees. And neither lineup really hit well, but when the Astros got traffic on the bases— they hit those big home runs that overcame the lack of offensive competence in the series, per se. The Yankees didn't have any of those big bombs where you could say, wow, the Yankees just hit themselves back into the series.
1: You mentioned it right on the head. I mean, the two big games that Houston ends up winning, Game 4 and Game Game 6, obviously elimination game. I mean, Game 4, they come up with two three-run home runs right. off of Tanaka and Green. And then A big the, series first in, the first inning of Game 6, I mean, Listen, I know the Yankees came back and tied the game, but the three-home run in the first inning was obviously a huge deal in this game, because it 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 changed the way that the Yankees had to approach that game, and the other thing that I wanted to address, because this is something that I said before this series, was how underrated Houston's bullpen was, and Houston beat the Yankees at their own game, which I think is what Brian Cashman is going to be kicking himself for, because... He goes out and spends all the assets and all the money on the bullpen. And the bullpen got really outpitched this series, other than game one. I mean, game one, the Yankees dominated from start to finish. I mean, Tanaka was terrific. The bullpen closed it out, but Houston's bullpen struggled in game one. And then the real twist in this series was Springer's home run off of Adevino in game two, because that kind of shifted the series a bit. Like, listen, the Yankees are in a spot where they have a lead with the back end of the bullpen in the game. They can go up too well going back to New York. And all of a sudden, Springer hits a home run. Houston's bullpen goes five and a third scoreless down the stretch after Verlander basically gives up the two-home run to Judge to give up the lead. And then Correa hits the bomb off J-Hap the first pitch. That was the game that really shifted the series for me because, I mean, you look at it, I mean, the Yankees were in such a good spot in game two after taking game one and then just like that, it flips. Cole pitches a gem, even though we kind of struggled in Game 3. That That's where the series really turned for me, and it was the Astros' bullpen. Well, the series turned figure.
0: in Game 3, if we're being literal, because that's a swing game, and Garrett Cole had an opportunity to really get shelled early in that game and the Yankees didn't take advantage of it. Missed opportunities on many fronts. You could look at game two, you could pinpoint that. You could look at game three, you could pinpoint that, but the Yankees didn't capitalize on their opportunities. And you could talk about Cashman kicking himself for getting outpitched in the bullpen, but I think how it should be really viewed is, look, he didn't assemble a starting rotation that could compete with the Astros. Not saying that was possible to do, but the Yankees bullpen definitely got overexposed. You face Chad Green three times in a series, you're going to catch up to a Chad Green fastball. The Astros had a great game plan against Ottavino, Canely and Britton admitted they were gassed at the end of that series. So I think it's more the formula. Like, we were wondering if the Yankees could compete with the Astros based on bullpen alone. I don't think that was possible with the Astros starting pitch.
2: And Zach Britton even said it, I think, after game six. He said, well, all the relievers only have one or two pitches. That's why we're relievers. Right. And if they see it four or five or six times in a series, they're going to take it That was a
0: great line from Britton. Oh,
1: it was an amazing line. And, I love and what Britton
0: said, by the way, because I'm sure Cashman's not very happy about those comments, but it basically. He's not, he's not wrong. He's though. not wrong. He exposed the Yankees' game plan being flawed. And look, you're talking about the Astros' bullpen outpitching the Yankees. Yeah, there were extended sequences game two, five and a third, game six, the entire game where they did outpitch them, but they don't have to be used as much. Justin Verlander, even when he lost Game 5, it it gets under-talked about how he was able to gut through seven Mm -hmm. innings there, dominate the latter six, and the Yankees didn't get looks at the Astros' bullpen ahead of Game 6. So I think that starting rotation really helped out.
1: Listen, I'm not going to call the Houston bullpen better than New York's, but I think something that me and Jimmy both said when we were doing our postseason preview show was that Houston's bullpen would be a difference maker because they would be rested. Right. Because you had guys in Garrett Cole who can go seven or eight innings every time they go out there. You have Justin Verlander who, like you said, you mentioned it was an underrated moment in Game 5. That was a difference maker for Game 6 because if Verlander kind of unravels in the second inning or even unravels after the first inning, they have to use the bullpen two days in a row. And then this series almost surely goes to Game 7. So uh, the Houston bullpen was really a difference maker, and you hit it right on the head there because they had— been pretty much rested throughout the entire series. You mentioned Urquity would be a guy who would be a bulk guy in game six. He hadn't even pitched since game four of the ALDS. So hadn't like, seen like they, they, they hadn't Kitty. seen all these guys. Like it, it was it was pretty crazy how rested Houston's bullpen was. And even some of the guys that were used just stepped up. It, it really just comes down to Houston was a better team in this series. Right. That, that's all it needs to be Yeah, said. And,
2: and Houston's bullpen, we could talk about them being rested, whatever. The, Houston's bullpen's good. It is. like Will, ha- Will is. Harris is a stopper. He's a guy right. you put in. Joe Smith was Joe terrific. Joe Smith
1: was terrific. Roberto
2: Ozuna, other than game six, was really good. Like, this is a Houston bullpen. I mean— I don't think they're that much worse than the Yankees, to be honest with you. Obviously, the Yankees had the advantage, but also you have to kind of point out, too, with the Yankees starting pitching how it was, it it emphasizes that much more how good the bullpen has to be and how much you can't afford to have weak links. See Adovino Adam. And unfortunately, he was kind of a weak link for the Yankees. When a guy like Paxton gets knocked out in the second inning of Game 2, and then you got to go to Chad Green, who was terrific in that game, and they pull him out, which, honestly, I didn't think was that big of a deal. It was just more that they put in Adovino, and he threw his worst pitch, one of the worst pitches of his career, right down the middle of the Springer. And to me, that's where the entire series changed. But you can't have weak links in the bullpen. True. Unfortunately, the Yankees kind of had that. And Green, you know, in the playoffs had almost a 7 ERA, Ottavino over 8. And when you're emphasizing the bullpen that much— and I love bullpenning as much as the next guy. You can't have those weak links pitching that often for you, and that's what Aaron Boone had. And unfortunately, I don't know what else he really could have done because you just can't use all the same guys over and over, especially with the way the series shook out with the rain out and the consecutive games in a row. It would have been tough, but it's just the the Yankees bullpen that had played so well in the regular season didn't quite come to play against the Astros. And maybe that's to be expected when you have a longer, you know, six or seven game series.
0: And probably the issue here is we were comparing the Astros bullpen on a plane to like the Yankees. When you, when you compare it to one of the best bullpens we've seen, you're like, okay, it's not that special, but these are really, really good arms in this Astros bullpen. They came to play. They shut down the Yankees in a ton of big spots. We mentioned the traffic the Yankees got on the bases several big spots including presley in that scenario against torres and encarnacion in game Mm -hmm. four when the series could have shifted three one game bases loaded one out and he gets two of the most feared hitters in the order encarnacion disappeared that's a different story we can talk about some of the yankees guys that really didn't come to play in this series and then it's kind of ironic that the two games the yankees won in this series great pitching outings masahiro tanaka six shutout james paxton Game 5, 9 Ks. That was his vintage effort in a Yankee uniform so far. So we could talk about how the bullpen was a strength, but the two games they won and managed to win in this series, they had brilliant starting pitching outings.
1: And part of the reason that they lost this series, and it's really it's kind of more of an unfortunate occurrence than anything, is that Luis Severino couldn't pitch two games because he missed basically the entire year. I mean, even though Severino struggled in Game 3, was it, yeah, Game 3 against Cole, I mean, you saw the way he settled down after the first two innings. I mean, he's a guy who, if he can get into a rhythm, he's a guy who can go out and shove seven innings whenever he wants. And that that was an unfortunate scenario for the Yankees. So I think, I think the big thing and the big takeaway for the Yankees going forward is not to panic because I think a lot of Yankee fans are looking at this team and looking at this core and thinking, we can't beat Houston, which certainly isn't true. I mean, they were in this series. I mean, you get a healthy Severino for next year and you have – Three-man rotation that can match Houston for sure, and that and this is also assuming that Cole comes back, which he's certainly not going to. They have a, you arguably that they have a better starting rotation than Houston going forward. So, I think if I'm Brian Cashman, the biggest takeaway for me is that there's only a few plugs that need to be fixed. Maybe you had a big-time starter, whether it's Cole or Strasburg, and that would make a huge difference, obviously. But I don't think the Yankees really have to panic after a series like this, even though they did have some guys disappear the Yankees are right there, and they're going to be for a while because the
0: score is so young. Uh, And I mean, it's pretty crazy how the bats just disappeared. Like That's really what changed this series because you look at every game, it was up for grabs. It was there for the taking for the Yankees. You can make the case that every game the Yankees lost, it just as easily could have won. So, yeah, It's almost mind-boggling some of the guys that just didn't come to play, and Carnacion was a huge difference maker against the Twins. He had one of the worst series of his career, if not the worst series of his career. I think it's hard to be worse than one for 18 yeah Gleber Torres after the early stages of the series when he was so good kind of disappeared in some of those big moments Aaron Judge didn't have his best series the the Astros did a very good job at neutralizing him after that game two home run Gary Sanchez was brutal Brett Gardner was brutal the list goes on and on maybe the one guy who did not have a bad game was DJ LeMahieu so you look up and down that Yankee order a lot of people are overanalyzing this like, oh, you have too many big bats. They're going to miss. They're going to miss elite pitching. I just think they went cold, and it happens in a postseason series, and that goes to the not overreacting aspect mm-hmm. of things.
1: And that goes to just Houston being really good, too. True. Like, when you have Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole and Zach Greinke and the bullpen that they have, like hitters are going to struggle. That's just what it comes down to. Like, It's not like – they're going to score five or six runs every game. You also have to win games with your pitching, and that's the thing to me that the Yankees at points couldn't do in this series. Even though their pitching wasn't even bad this series, they just couldn't outmatch Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander and the rest of this Houston bullpen. So, uh, like you said, I, I, I just... I don't think the Yankees really need to panic in this scenario. I mean, they're going to be fine going forward. Houston's going to lose a few pieces next year, presumably one being Garrett Cole, who was a huge difference maker in the series and kind of swung the series. Like you said, so yeah, I I completely agree with that, that opinion. I just don't think that the Yankees really need to completely overhaul what they're doing. Like the lineup is going to be fine. Like, you have a lot of guys who, even though have been in the postseason before, you're talking about a lot of young players, like Gleyber Torres being one of them. I mean, even with how good he was, I hate to have to say that he's 22 years old, but he's 22 years old. Like, he's going to struggle at times and he's going to get better going forward. Same goes for guys like Gary Sanchez, who was brutal in this series, by the way. And yeah, I, I just think that the Yankees are in a, in a really good spot going forward, even despite the results of this series and the fan overreaction.
2: I think another thing, too, to pay attention to going forward is that the Astros, t- both in 2017 and now, were able to improve themselves at the deadline. Now, I don't think the Yankees are talking about adding some pitchers. I don't think a guy like a Marcus Stroman or a Robbie Ray would have moved the needle in this series for the Yankees because I just don't think it was that type of, type of series. But I, I think the Astros have done... A better job than the Yankees and that's what it really comes down to because these are the two best teams in the American League probably going forward even if Houston doesn't have Cole the Astros have done a better job of upgrading whether it's in season or off season in moves than the Yankees and the Yankees have done a great job don't get me wrong guys like Urshela LeMayhew I mean some moves that you just would not think have, have really pulled off but especially in season I think that's something the Yankees need to look at in the future doing a better job at upgrading in-season because other than Edwin Encarnacion, they didn't really do much. And Encarnacion was great right up until this Astros series. But they kind of need to look at, okay, how can we make our team better in-season, be more aggressive at the deadline, I think, and then kind of go from there. But honestly, I look at this series and I say the Astros kind of beat the Yankees by a tick in, like, every area. You know what I mean? like right. it was, They beat them up and down, but it was close in every area. And I think the Yankees can right, be right there with them. And I think they can't panic. And like Billy Bean always says, postseason's a crapshoot right anything can happen in a playoff series half the yankee lineup went completely frigid in that series which maybe you expect against you know a rotation like the astros but it's not necessarily something that you planned for going into it so I think the Yankees are going to be fine I think with that young core though you have to start thinking about okay in the next couple of years they probably have to win one before some of these guys start coming up for arbitration and contract extensions because then the finances get dicey especially if the Steinbrenners aren't willing to go too far over that luxury tax
0: threshold well that's my point and moving forward the big question is going to be do the Yankees improve and really go for the win like there hasn't been a one for the win move from Cashman in the last couple of years, you can point to and say, he's trying to put the hammer down, which is fine. I, I mean, the Yankees could have won the World Series this year if things went their way, even without making that move. But moving forward, Garrett Cole will be a free agent this offseason. Presumably, Steven Strasburg will be a free agent. If you make Severino your two-starter and Paxton your three and Tanaka your four, and then you add an all-world ace to that mix, there is no flaw to the Yankee team entering next year. That maybe would be exposed against the Houston Astros team. So I think that's what Jimmy's more referring to is look, they're great. They could win the world series next year, but will there be that almost reactionary move that says, Hey, the Yankees are the outright favorite entering Mm. 2020.
1: And I think the reason that the Yankees lost series, even though I'm saying they don't need to completely overhaul what they're doing, but Jimmy, you are right when saying that it, this is kind of the reason they don't get to the world series belongs on the shoulders of Cashman because even go to the offseason. I mean, they could have had Corbin. Probably should have had Corbin and didn't want to pay him, which I guess you can justify. But again, the Nationals are in the World Series after going to get Patrick Corbin. So that certainly made a difference for them. You look at the deadline, and even though you can argue that there really wasn't anyone available, the Astros made Zach Granke available. You could argue that Granke wasn't really totally available if unless someone met his price, but the Astros went over aboard to get the price and yes I know Granke probably would have not have come to New York but the Yankees could have done that with someone else I mean I'm not saying Noah Syndergaard could have been that guy but they could have gotten a guy like a Syndergaard or gone for a Bumgarner somewhere else they could have paid over the top a little bit just to get these guys I was big
0: on Bumgarner I, I would too. have acquired him and he would have helped you in a series like this mm-hmm. I don't care if he's a shell of the pitcher he used to be. That's why I was advocating for Bumgarner because he would have helped your playoff rotation. That's a guy yep. who might have pushed the needle a little bit. But I'm not sure if the Giants were willing to deal him. But again, if they're not willing to deal him, you make him available. You make, the, you yeah. make them willing to deal him, and that's exactly what the Astros did. The Yankees are afraid to overpay. Mm-hmm. Let, yeah. Let's be real here. I it, mean, yeah. it, it, hey, Cashman's very prospect huggy, and the reason they didn't go the extra year with Corbin is the same reason why they didn't go and make a guy like mm-hmm. Bumgarner available this off do they? Overpay for Cole because if all things are considered equal, I think Cole is going to the West Coast. Does Cashman give him the extra year? Yep. Does Cashman overpay for him? And the Yankees have been very shy to overpay for starting pitching. Maybe it's something their analytics are telling them. Maybe it's something they believe. Maybe it's just Hal Strine better cost cutting. But I don't know what it is. But I think it it might be necessary to go that extra mile. I mean,
1: even like simple things like I, I'll get to your point in a sec, Jimmy. But like Charlie Morton was like
0: very much available this offseason. And he was cheap. He yeah. got
1: two years, thirty million dollars. Like you're telling me the Yankees couldn't have ponied up a little more money. And whether for that? it's
0: him or like Adavino, you're paying that money to. The Yankees bullpen is good regardless. Like if Chapman walks this off season, the Yankees bullpen is still going to be elite next year. Yep. So you gotta pick and choose. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> pick and choose. Me yeah. and Jackson love to use that phrase all the time. You gotta pick and choose. What are you going to do to improve the team? And if it means losing a reliever out of that elite mix and adding a starting pitcher that can put you over the top, I'm picking the starter. Because that's been the one thing that the Yankees have had, not had, that the Astros have had.
2: Yeah, And and let's remember, too, you know, we're talking about, well, maybe it's the analytics telling the Yankees not to overpay for starters. But you look at the Astros rotation, that has all been constructed by other midseason or offseason trades that they've given up a lot for, whether it's Verlander or Cole or Granke. And they are probably the most analytically inclined organization, maybe in all of sports. So I, I'm not sure if it's that, and I don't like the take of people saying, "Oh, well, the Yankees, you know, need to learn their lesson on analytics." So they, That's terrible. They literally just lost to the most analytically nerdy organization in the sport. Like, like back off on that, honestly. The Astros probably out analytic to the Yankees if we're going to be honest here. But you know, when you talked about them being prospect huggy, and you're absolutely right. Like, they weren't willing to give up Clint Frazier. They weren't willing to give up Davey Garcia, and really. I didn't agree with that because when you look at prospects and you look at guys who are at the big league level right now, a guy like Davey Garcia, you're hoping he's going to be as good as Madison Bumgarner or any of the other guys or Zach Granke or you name it, any of the guys you could trade for, right? A guy like Clint Frazier, it's the same thing. If you go out and trade for a left fielder and you trade away Clint Frazier, you're doing it on the assumption that Clint Frazier will not be as good of a major league player as that left fielder, which is honestly a much safer bet. Than just hanging on to him and hoping because prospects are, are kind of, you know, a coin toss, right? I mean, some of them work out, some of them don't. You know, even uh, you know, the team I cover, the Mets, you know, they traded for Kano and Diaz, they traded Kalenic and Dunn. There's no guarantee Kalenic and Dunn are gonna be good. Not to say it's a good trade, but there's no guarantee those guys are gonna be superstar players it in the Just goes big to league. show
0: you can't be scared to trade right. these guys. Even a guy like Stroman, I wasn't for getting him. I don't think he would have moved the needle. But if Davy Garcia became Marcus Stroman, they would probably be happy with yeah. his development. So it, you got to almost view it in, in that light. And they did that this offseason with Justice Sheffield. If Justice Sheffield becomes James Paxton, that's a major success. Looks like he's not right now. And you've got an elite pitcher in James Paxton in return. So that's why I love the move. I, I think they have to be a little more, like less gun shy moving forward and
2: and let's remember too like these teams like look at the astros they've had misses they traded josh Hader for carlos gomez the astros did so i mean that's you know they they're willing to give up prospects with the chance that they turn into really good players in order to get players to help them win because they know that they're kind of maximizing like a five-year window right now for the astros basically and that's kind of what they've had to do and look some of it's worked out verlander cole granke some of it has not but look, you have to be willing to make moves to make your team better, because when you get chances to win titles, you kind of got to grab them by the throat, exactly. especially if you're a team like the Yankees operating on a $200 million payroll in the largest media market in the world. I think the, the excuse of, oh, we don't want to give up Garcia. We don't want to give up Frazier. I, I don't I don't love that. Win I, the I, titles when you win the win championships them. now, because everybody's saying, oh, they'll be back. They'll be back. A lot of I things have that. to go right for you to win a title, you know? Like, they'll be back, say, the 2012 Oklahoma City Thunder, and they're not. So, look, that's that's how I look at it. When you have a chance is when you have a window, you go
1: at it full bore, and you, you try to win those titles in the moment. Quickly, because I know we probably want to get to the right. World Series. Um, I think a big thing that GMs like Lunho and Cashman need to realize is that their organizations are so good because guys like Davey Garcia— And prospects like Seth Beer, who was one of the guys I was traded in the Granke trade, those guys are replaceable in organizations like the Astros and the Yankees Mm -hmm. because they go out and spend money in the Dominican markets. They go out and spend on the international markets. They know how to develop prospects. These guys can all be replaced. You can't replace a Garrett Cole. You can't replace a Justin Verlander in those specific moments in the postseason. Long-term, yes, they may, there may be problems when these guys walk and you trade away a future starter in that then process. Then you hope you have a ring. But, yeah, exactly. You hope you have a ring in this process. And, again, you can, like I said, you can replace those guys. Why? That's why the Yankees have been good for good for so long because even before they had that mass exodus at the deadline where they traded away Chapman and Miller, they, had, they traded prospects away to get big players and then they re- replaced him right back by getting a guy like Gleyber Torres. So, like, there are ways to replace, like, big-time prospects. You can't replace all-star caliber players on the field. And I think that's something that Brian Cashman has been kind of short to realize. And I think he probably will realize now after what he just went through in the postseason. It'll be a
0: big off season, and you just wonder whether it'll be one, like, 9 maybe... 2014 when the Yankees were reactionary to the Red Sox winning a title or will it just be like the last couple of years and then we'll be talking about the same thing come next season so World Series is upon us Game 1 tonight we are recording on a Tuesday afternoon so Max Scherzer, Garrett Cole and I'm not only going to mention the Game 1 matchup because this is a special World Series in that we have two teams with incredible pitching rotations Game 2 we have Verlander Strasburg. Game three, we have Granky and Corbin. Game four, we have Sanchez and Peacock and Urquidy. So, this is unbelievable. The first three games lining up between the Nationals and the Astros. I think the Astros are the better team, but again, these matchups can go either way because the pitching is that good. And I think this is a World Series that's ve- going to be very fun to watch for that reason alone. There's a
1: real argument this is the best starting pitching we've ever seen in a World Series. I mean, it certainly matchups with the 0 1 World Series where it was Randy Johnson, Roger Clemens, Mike Mussina, Andy Pettit, Kurt Schilling. And it was, this is just as good, if not better, this year. And I think the one difference for me, and I've said it all along, is the bullpens. Uh, I mean, Houston has a significant edge in the bullpen. And the reason that the Nationals were able to kind of swipe the Cardinals away so easily was that. They were able to have their guys go seven innings, and the bullpen didn't really matter that much. Well, the bullpen's going to matter in this series because the Astros have the starting pitching to match what the Nationals can do, and when you get into the nitty-gritty in the eighth and ninth innings, the bullpen's going to be a big difference maker in this one, and I don't see the Nationals having enough of a bullpen to hold up in this series. They're going to be able to steal a game or two with their starting pitching, for sure, and they're going to be able to beat Houston by a run or two in specific games just because they're starting pitching out pitches, say. I could see them winning a game three with Corbin out pitching Granke or even one of the first two games with Scherzer and Strasburg. But I like this series in Houston's favor strictly because of the bullpen and also their lineup. I think their lineup is better than the Nationals even with Rendon and they and have home Soda. field. Yeah. yep,
2: And that's huge. too. And I think when I look at this series, it's the two most talented teams. It's the most talented team from each league. Houston's the most talented team in the American League. Washington, I think, was the most talented team in the National League. So I think you're getting probably about as good a matchup as you could have. However, I- I- I'm with you, Jackson, in the bullpen. and I think that's really going to hurt Washington because I think most of the games are going to be close. I think mm-hmm. both of these this is going to be a competitive series where you have close games, good games going down to the late innings. But for Washington, the, the question is if-, if you if you could get six and seven innings from guys like Scherzer and and Strasburg and Patrick Corbin. After that, you go into the bullpen. You've got a guy in Daniel Hudson, you probably trust a guy in Sean Doolittle who's been good in the playoffs. After, well, after that, that, though, <laughs> after that though, that's the problem. That. And I think the X factor. I'm going to give you two guys out of the Washington bullpen that could change the series if they pitch well. Rodney and Tannerini. Yeah, I think those Rainey are specifically Tanner is a guy Rainey for has me. electric stuff. Cannot throw strikes. He throws 101 fastball, but he just he doesn't know where it's going. Um, it's like that scene in Bull Durham when Kevin Costner turns to the umpire and he says, "I don't know where the next pitch is going." That, that's Tannerini. <laughs> So I I think it's going to be an interesting series from that point of view. But I I like Houston because they could turn to a guy like Will Harris when it's 3-2 and they have runners on the bases and they say, hey, get us out of the sitting. They could turn to a Joe Smith. Even a guy like Roberto Ozunu who's kind of up and down has been pretty reliable in the closer role apart from that Game 6 home run from D.J. LeMahieu. So I like Houston a lot in this series. I think these games are going to be closer than the final figure of the series. Um, it, It reminds me kind of of 2015. When, when the Royals played the Mets, and the Royals had a great bullpen that year, and the Mets would, would just blow leads late because they were turning to guys who were questionable, and Jerry's familiar wound up blowing three saves in that series. So it kind of reminds me
0: of that. Yes. um
2: And yeah I remember it like it was <laughs> yesterday. Um, you know who's my <laughs> Nationals
0: X-Factor in the bullpen? Max Scherzer, Patrick Corbin, mm, yeah. Steven Strasburg. They're going to be used that way again. So They're going to have to be. I think played. Davey Martinez and how he uses it is going to be fascinating because one of the reasons they are here is they haven't over-relied on their bullpen because of just having pitchers they can use out of the bullpen that maybe aren't accustomed to it, but are better than their options. I will say the
1: the long layover, I think, doesn't help a lot of teams. I think it helps the Nationals significantly because now, like you said, you have all four of your starters on significant rest. You have the bullpen on significant rest. You can go to Hudson, and you can go to Doolittle, two or three straight games if you really have to, and you'll have days off mixed in there. I just don't think that if Fernando Rodney is considered an X-factor in a series, I'm picking against that team <laughs> because Fernando Rodney is an absolute – I I don't even know the word to describe him. He, he's a disaster to watch, and the fact that he may be a guy that has to be rel- relied upon out of a bullpen for the Nationals – that is trouble. That that should be alarm bells going off, even with their starting pitching. So I, I, I'm i going to learn from my mistakes of going against my preseason pick to pick the Cardinals over the Nationals. I'm going to stick with my Houston over the Nationals pick, which was my preseason pick. So, so we are, like, we are getting into picks here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, congratulations
0: <laughs> on getting your preseason pick right. <laughs> That Even was, though it's, like, irrelevant because I wo- think the Cardinals... What wo- were the, the Orioles position. a wild card for you this season? <laughs> Calm yourself. <laughs> yeah.
2: I had... Uh, I actually had uh, Yankees over the Cardinals. So in I the World I, I switched that, yeah, the, okay. yeah, back in March. um, So I was kind of close, but not really. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to go with the Astros as well. And I, I think it's going to be in five games. Uh, wow. I think, yeah, I think... Washington's starting pitching is going to keep them in every game and this is going to sound terrible from the Nationals point of view because they're going up against Garrett Cole. They got to win tonight because your bullpen's rested so you can use everybody. Um, The fascinating thing for me for the Nationals also is how are they going to use Anibal Sanchez because this is a guy who came within five outs of throwing a no hitter in game one of the NLCS and is he a guy that they could bring out of the bullpen for a couple of innings and maybe potentially burn him for game four and have to bring guys out on short rest that'll have to kind of play itself out with how this series is going too but i like Houston's starting pitching they've got the stoppers in the bullpen and also the lineup top to bottom is absurd i mean you they've got a guy like Don alvarez who is struggling right now and it didn't really hurt them in the alcs and mm-hmm. that would hurt a lot of other teams
0: it's batting seventh
2: yeah there are there are guys on the nationals that i look at and say yeah like juan soto cannot have a bad series if they're gonna win this yep. series and same and with rendon same with rendon you know and the astros have a few guys who could have an off series you know altuve could go 3 for 20 or whatever and they could still they could still win i don't think that's going to happen but you know they could have a couple guys be you know less than what they have been and and they would still be okay but I I I like Houston top to bottom it's the best team in the league and I think they're gonna make it two in three years and they think they do it pretty easily
0: we were talking about the long layover helping Washington but sometimes that does get your bats cold sometimes it doesn't play in your favor and I kind of like this layover for Houston it's not like they have to turn around and play the next day they got a day on Sunday where they could go out there and do nothing they had a day on Monday where they could do a light workout they didn't Mm -hmm. have to move they didn't have to travel and now Tuesday they have a game So I I think it was a perfect scenario for Houston where they wrapped it up in six. They didn't have to play a game seven. Their bullpen's still going to be rested. Their starting rotation's right in the groove. Sure, Verlander and Cole are probably tired, but they're still Verlander and Cole. And they're on full rest, And they're on full rest. So uh, not going to a game seven helped Houston in a lot of ways. And I like the fact that they're in a three-day turnaround here, and they don't necessarily have to play the next day. Ten-day layoff, it could help the Nationals. Is it a 10-day layoff? I
2: think so. Uh, uh, I don't no, even remember
0: a, when game four was played. A week, it's, it's a week. It's a week. It seems like an eternity okay. ago. Uh, yeah, yeah it was Jackson gave Tuesday. me a weird look, so I was just trying <laughs> to make sure. Oh, yeah, well, I don't even know why. <laughs> I wasn't even intentional. So... You have the Nationals losing to the Astros in five. Who's your MVP? So
2: I said Justin Verlander at the beginning of the playoffs when I had it as Astros-Cardinals. The problem is with if, if I'm going to have the Astros winning in five, Verlander's probably only going to get yeah. one start. I'm going to go with a little bit of a deep cut here, a guy I really like that they got in the offseason. I'm going to go with Michael Brantley. I think he's going to hit and hit and hit, and he'll, he's up there near 400 or 500 in the series. I think he'll come up with some big hits late. I think a, I think a lot of these games are going to be competitive but I think they're going to get some big hits late, and a guy like Brantley could kind of be an X-factor. I might be overthinking this, but since everybody says Bregman and Altuve and the obvious choices, I think I'm going to go with him as a guy who could really impact this series.
0: Jackson, MVP, you're picking the Astros in how many games?
1: I'm going to go six. I think one thing that could be interesting as an X-factor for Washington is, Jimmy, you mentioned how they would use Anibal Sanchez. I could— easily see the Nationals going a three-man rotation mm. in the series and using Adam Ball as a multi-innings guy out of the bullpen. He'd be an asset out of yeah, there. Yeah, which I, I think they actually should do because I think it's really their only shot at winning the series because they, they need someone in the bullpen who can give them leverage and give them length, especially if one of these guys only can last five innings. I mean, we got to remember like Washington's bullpen hasn't been tested at, at all, like literally not at all, and that largely because – they've been going seven or eight innings with their starters, which they deserve to because their starters have been great, but I, I think Sanchez is going to have to be used in that role in this series if they want to win, but I think it's ultimately going to catch up with Washington. I have Houston in six, and Bregman was my my pre-postseason MVP of the World Series. I'm going to stick with that. He's been a little quiet yes. in the postseason, especially in the ALCS. I mean, he had a home run off Tampa in the DS and was kind of quiet. It seems like a lot of teams have been pitching around him, and rightfully so. I mean, he's got probably the best plate discipline in the entire league, and he doesn't strike out. So I, I think Bregman's going to come up with some big hits
0: because they're going to have to pitch to him in this series, and I think he'll take advantage of that. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Nationals in seven. Mm. And okay. I think the Nationals have been up against it in a lot of stages of this postseason, wanted to count him out when they were down 2-1 to the Dodgers, wanted to count him out when they were down 3 nothing in the eighth inning of the card game, and they've almost been the team of destiny. So I think they've been counted out a lot. And I just think they fought back and fought back. I think they're going to stay in this series at times where maybe you think Houston has a chance to pull away and they're going to find ways to get it done, find crafty ways to win. Like we were just discussing and Sanchez using their starters out of the bullpen. And I think the MVP of this series is going to be Max Scherzer because you're not only going to see him twice as a starter, but you may see him twice more as a reliever. And I think you're going to see him deployed in, Ways that you didn't necessarily expect to see, and you'll see him on the mound in Game Seven in a relief role, coming up in some big way, and that's how I think the Nationals are going to pull this off. I
1: just want to comment on that. I think if the Washington Nationals are going to win the series, I it has to be a quick series for them to win it. I don't think they're equipped to last six or seven games and win this series just because of their lack of pitching depth. Because if they go, let's say they do go three three starters, or even they go with Sanchez. I just don't think they have the bullpen to hold up in a full seven-game series. And even if you're using Scherzer and Strasburg and Corbin in relief roles, which I think they're going to have to if they want to win, these guys are going to be gassed at the back end of series. I'm not saying it can't happen. I just think that if the Nationals are going to win, it has to be in four or five games and a max of six. If it goes seven, I don't think they have a
0: Scherzer's chance. ready. Scherzer's ready to get that <laughs> ring. And I don't care if he's gassed. He's going out there and he's going to shove. That's gonna, my prediction. I'm
2: going to give you one last stat here, a little little brain blast over here. Um, brain blast. Like <laughs> for, for, for Neutron. Uh, the Nationals <laughs> are on a six-game winning streak heading into the World Series. They're the fourth team to head into the World Series on a single postseason win streak of six or more games. None of the previous three won it. It was the 14 Royals, 07 Rockies, 06 You Tigers. want another
1: stat? Yeah. Teams that have swept the CS are 1-7 and seven in the World Series, too.
0: The layoff hurts. Yeah. It, it does hurt a lot of teams. So that'll be interesting to see. So we have Astros in 5 from Jimmy. We have Astros in 6 mm-hmm. from Jackson. Nationals in 7 from me. And it should be a fun World Series, guys. We're looking forward to it. We'll come back on. We'll have a World Series recap. may hop on in the middle of the series just for the heck of it. So this has been Nosebleeds, guys. Let's enjoy the World Series. Yep.
2: So have fun, I'll s I'll see you. We'll, we'll talk about this very soon, I can imagine.